Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 255 with the wonderful Judy Hoberman. Hi, this is Judy Hoberman and you're listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy! Well, I am so much looking forward to have another amazing conversation with Judy Hoberman. Why do I say another? Well, I already had the opportunity to talk to her a couple times and each time I'm just blown away. And I hope you will be blown away too. Judy has over three decades in business. She combines wisdom and humor with her behavior shaping insights, impacting audiences of 10,000s as well as small groups and even individuals. Men and women lead, sell, manage and recruit differently and Judy is a master at improving performance and company culture, empowering both genders to better support each other's success in a more productive way. Judy is an award-winning international speaker, a best-selling author, a trainer and leading authority on women in leadership. And I can only say you will get a ton out of this episode and you will learn how to ask your price with confidence among other amazing things. So let's dive right in. Well, I am so super excited you are here today, Judy. Welcome. Thank you so much. I have been looking forward to our time together. I love our time together. So yay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I loved having you on the Sales Mentality Makeover Masterclass. And, you know, each conversation we had so far, you provided so much value and the listeners just loved it. So I can't wait to dive in on this podcast episode and, you know, get some more amazing content out of you, well, <laughs> sharing you. all your wisdom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, so let's dive right in. Do, do you remember like the very, very first thing that you ever sold in your life? Oh yeah. Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> that was the, that was the first thing I sold. I was probably seven or eight and I had no idea what I was supposed to do. My mom was the cookie lady. So there was a lot of pressure on me. And this was before you were allowed to go to any of the super stores, the big stores and stand outside or have your parents go into an office. And so you were actually door to door. And I would, you know, take the orders and I'd write down what they said and so on. And then when I would deliver them, I would thank them. But the, the true part was the next year when I came back, I would say, hi, Christine, last year you bought Thin Mints and blah, 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 blah. Do you want to try the new things? And all of a sudden, like my sales would double and triple. Ooh. And so, yeah, so it was the first thing I ever sold. And it was a good learning experience on how to build a relationship with somebody. And I got lots of referrals as well. Wow. You are such, you were such a smart kid. Like you didn't, you didn't suffer from selling at all, right? So many people no. have challenges. So how, how did it feel when you got your very first order? My very first order, I think I started to cry. I said, you know, wow, they said yes to me and they gave me money and all of this. And I thought, this is really cool. I could do this again. It was, a, it was really fun because I never really sold anything. And I never sold to this person either. I just said, you know, I'm a Girl Scout and I'm Troop 981 and would love for you to support us and blah, blah, blah. And they said, sure, what have you got? And that was it. So you wow. just have to be prepared when somebody says yes. It's, it's easier when they say no because it's just shut down. When they say yes, you have to think, okay, now what? Yeah, you know? it's such a great point. And I think most people are not really prepared when they go into sales that, you know, somebody else says yes right away. That's for most is, is a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, it's so it's much easier. If some 
okay, it's much easier. It doesn't feel good when somebody says no, but then you almost take like the sigh of relief going, okay, I'm, you know, I didn't say anything wrong. They just didn't want it. And then you can move along. But when they say yes, and then they say, tell me what you have, you have to be prepared with what it is you want to give them. And, you know, I always, I always hear when somebody is preparing for a meeting um, and I always say, well, do you have all the details and do you know what you're charging? And they're like, no, not yet. Okay, but when are you going to know this? Well, well, I'll see how they sound. No, no, you can't do that. You have to be prepared. You have to do, you know, it's, it's almost like you have to know what you're going to say ahead of time. It's almost repetition, but it has to sound like it's the first time you ever said it. Mm. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like practicing big numbers, right? I yes. remember in my very first sales job, I had to say this big number and you're correct, I could barely get it out of my mouth. <laughs> and so, you know, just having the conversation and practicing the sales call is super, super important. Yeah. My very first uh, business coach said to me, if you cannot say what you're charging without stuttering or coughing or choking or laughing, then you can't say it. And she told me to practice in front of a mirror. And I was selling a coaching program. And I mean, it was a very small coaching program. But she said to me, I want you to look in the mirror and say, it's $25,000 and here's what's included. Well, it wasn't anywhere near $25,000. But I had to keep saying that. And I would say it's 25 and I'd start to laugh or it's 25 and I'd start to cough. And then after doing it, like, I don't know, maybe a dozen times, It just said, it's $25,000, here's what's included. And so you have to be prepared. The number is the important part of it because that's what you're telling somebody it's worth. Yeah. And, um, and that's hard. That's really hard. And did you feel that shift? Like after you could say the number, even knowing you are not charging that number, did that number feel like more comfortable to say for you? Like, did it really sink in so that you could believe that it was possible to charge these numbers? Yeah. And actually, the first time I said it, I said, it's $25,000. Here's what you get. And she looked at me. I'm like, kidding, just kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was so prepared to say that. And she was like, what? How? What? And I said, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So any number I would have said after that would be okay. You know, but it was just, it was funny because I was so prepared. <laughs> I love it. I, I just love it. And do you think that uh, Girl Scout cookie sales uh, career sparked the you know drive to be in sales one day um i think it might have started that but what really really was the kicker was i was a fuller brush person a salesperson and if you don't know what fuller brush is it's door-to-door -door sales and it's brooms and mops and brushes and things that really are not exciting and the very first door i knocked on was my mom because i thought this is easy i could at least get my first sale and she said no to me Ooh. Yeah. And, but she also, she actually taught me two lessons. Number one, she said, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they're going to buy something they don't need. True. But wow. number two, just because somebody loves you, they will share you with their friends. Referrals. So when she said no to me, I mean, I, I really was, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, and then she said, but I do know that, you know, so-and-so needs mops and so-and-so. So she gave me referrals and it was a lesson. And I was probably, I don't know, maybe 18 years old or 19 years old. It was a lesson that I remember that I always talk about to let everybody know somebody is going to say no to you if they don't need it. It doesn't matter how they care about you. And it's a really big lesson, but also the second half of it is that they will share you. So um, that really drew me into sales. Wow, that is so powerful. I just, I just love that. Yeah, and I, yeah. So again, people who don't need it, 
are not going to buy it. And no. if they care about you, if you have that relationship, if you build that relationship, they will refer you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what you have to, I mean, sales is about relationships. It's not about anything other, other than relationships. If somebody doesn't like you, they're going to find somebody else that's selling what they need that you are. So it, I mean, but if they like you, they want to keep you in the circle. So how do they do that? They introduce you to family. They introduce you to friends. They just keep you there because they want to be around you. And eventually they might need what you have. Mm. So basically the saying is true that people buy you first oh, and then totally. have your product as an excuse. Totally. That's exactly what it is. If you think about Southwest Airlines, it's, they're a people company. Well, they just want you to have a good experience. They're funny. They're comfortable. They're inviting. Oh, and by the way, they fly airplanes. That's, <laughs> the, that's how they describe themselves. Oh, yeah, we also fly, but we do all of this. And I think that that's important that, you know, it's about the experience, especially with women. I mean, women want that experience anyway. So do men, but most women are looking for something, somebody that's going to understand them and bring them into the circle. So, yeah, so true. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this. What's the difference between women, a woman buying and men? So I like to always think about you going into a department store and a man is going in to buy a shirt. He's going in to buy a shirt. That's exactly what he's doing. He's buying a shirt. He doesn't want anything else. He wants the shirt. Women are going in to buy the blouse. But with the blouse, there's the skirt, and then there's the necklace and the belt, and then there's the earrings. And there, because she wants, to, she wants to be able to have the story. When I went into the store to get this blouse, I also got blah, blah, blah. And she's building relationships with everyone and everything around. Men are very much transactional where they go in, they buy what they need, and they leave. Now, it could be the next hour that they think, oh, I should have bought the belt, and they can go back for the belt. But at that moment, they're laser focused on what they want. So the, the difference is really more transactional versus relational. Yeah, I, I can totally confirm because, you know, <laughs> when I say to my husband, well, you know, I, I need that new top or whatever, and he would come along, like, God forbid, if I'm looking for something else than that top. <laughs> like, why? You said you need a top. Why are you looking at shoes? Well, because exactly. I look at shoes. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's really uh, amazing. So what does it tell us when we as women do want to, our audience that we sell to, um, include men? Well, I mean, you can't, unless you, you separate male from female, you have to be able to incorporate both. And so one of the first things I always say is you have to be able to first and foremost include the woman into the conversation, whether she brought you in or he brought you in. You have to, because women influence 85% of all consumer purchasing decisions. So if you don't bring her in, you're out totally. That's first and foremost. The second thing is you have to be able to speak differently and listen differently. Men are looking for the bottom line and facts and figures and features and benefits. Women are looking for the story and they're looking to see how what you are going to offer me, how does it affect me and the people around me? So for instance, I sold insurance for many, many years. I would never go in and say, what kind of insurance do you want? How much do you want to spend? even though those were the male questions that I was going to have to get to. But my first question to her would be, tell me why it's important to have this policy in place. So she's now telling me everything. I'm taking notes. And then I would say to him, so when did you want this to start? You know what I mean? So I got what she did. We talked about everything. We she was included. She was the most important part of the conversation. She actually gave me her why 
Now I need to tie it down with that. So you go with open-ended questions to close-ended questions, but you have to be able to speak both languages. Mm, I love that. That's always fun. (laughs) Yes. And I love that you just said you have to speak both languages. Yeah. Definitely means there are two languages. And uh, I experienced that over and over again, that you it's a different style and way of selling if you just sell to a man than when you sell to a woman. And I think many people who start their own businesses, they are not really aware of this fact, right? They just come from their perspective and they want to feel good in the sales conversation. And But when they miss a point, the sales conversation breaks apart and it doesn't feel good anymore. And that's, I think, is also the challenge where most people do not like selling or even, you know, detest sales because they never, it never feels good. Right. Well, the problem is that most people don't listen. Okay. They might ask a great question, but then they're writing down, okay, so the next question I'm going to ask is, and I'm going to tell, you know, whatever. So what I always do is I tell people, ask permission. And I do this all the time. Ask permission if you could take notes. When you take notes, you have to listen. Okay. There's no way around it. You have to listen. So if I'm asking you a question and you're telling me that your best friend didn't have insurance and here's what happened, da, 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 da. And so I'm really concerned with that. You just tell me your why. Okay. If I didn't hear that, if I wasn't listening, it would have just gone right over. And then I would say, so why is it important for you to have insurance? And you already just told me this. Mm. Right. So I always make sure that you listen. Listening is a, a, a much different skill than asking the questions. If you don't listen, you have to be an active listener because otherwise you miss the most important points. And you know as well as I do. I mean, if you've ever had to call to um, ask a question for a company and then they say, hold, please. And then they push you to the next one. You have to repeat the whole thing. And they say, oh, hold, please. And after you've said it 10 times, that's what it feels like in a sales conversation if you're not listening. It's like, oh, okay, now you're going to pass me to somebody else. So I'm, I'm a very good listener, and I hear things that most people don't hear. You can ask my husband. He says I have dog ears. I can hear, like, way disciples that don't even exist in the real world because I'm a really good listener. And mm-hmm. that's important because the best compliment as a salesperson you can ever get is, wow, you really listen to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. And and that was for me a big learning. Like after I, I had my little pitch in place and I felt comfortable saying what I had to say and asking the price I had to ask, not preparing your answer while the other person still speaks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but giving that space to really listen and to catch these tiny hints. That's right. Their motivation or why they need what you might have to offer is so, so important. So how can people become better listeners then? Well, I think the first thing you do is you take notes. I do believe that that's the number one thing you could do. The second thing is you can ask clarifying questions or, you know, you could say, so is this what you are looking for or so on? But one of the big, big, big questions that I always tell people to ask, and I always call it like, you know, the the secret weapon is after you've done your fact finding, because everybody has to do fact finding and you can call it whatever you want, asking questions, fact finding, whatever you want to say, before you are even ready to say, are you ready to buy? however you say it, you need to ask one more question at that moment, not before, not after. So you're just about ready, but not quite. You've gotten all this information, but whatever. You ask one more question and you say, is there anything else? What happens is every objection that you would get at the end, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't really understand all these things that, oh, by the way, um, they're going to say, you know what? 
yeah, there is something. So here's what I heard about your company, blah, blah, blah. And you say, you know, that's a great question. Let me, let me answer that. And then you say, is there anything else? So remember, you're listening to all of this. And yeah, actually, um, I heard that your policy doesn't do X, Y, and Z. Okay, so let me explain that. Is there anything else? It's almost like a ping pong game or a tennis match. And then after two or three times, you, you, you ask it again. So is there anything else? The person generally will say, no, you answered all my questions. This is exactly what I'm looking for. There is no close because they just did it themselves because you responded to the questions that you heard them ask with the answers that made sense. Mm. So that, I mean, it's, I've done this forever. It came really by accident the first time it happened. And when I heard, you know, that she had this huge objection and I answered it and, you know, a couple of more and she said, wow, this is it. This is exactly what I was looking for. And I thought, whoa, how did that happen? So. Yeah. And I love it. And you went back, you analyzed that call yeah. Yeah. or the conversation and therefore you could use it uh, for the future ones. But that's also what, what I would love for people or invite people to, to really be open to analyze the conversations, to understand yeah. where, you know, where they went wrong or down a path that wasn't great because they did not listen enough or they did not ask that additional question they should have and rushed into the sale because they really want to get rid of the sales conversation because it feels so uncomfortable instead of seeing it as a relationship building tool, right? Yeah. You would not really rush out when you sit with your friends. Well, you know, I think one of the things that happens with salespeople, and, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, there's a time in your career, could be the beginning, middle or end, doesn't matter. There's a time when um, your income is not where you need it to be. You need more money. You can't pay your bill. You can't, whatever. And you walk into an appointment and you have this, desperate feeling and people i used to call it commission breath people smell it so so you have to have something before you walk into your appointments that you do to pump yourself up whether it's music whether it's an affirmation doesn't matter whatever you need to do even if you just take a deep breath and go i got this doesn't matter you're right you just shake it all out and you just go in because that is the biggest um nightmare for not only the person listening to it, but the person that is actually the salesperson. It's a horrible thing to be desperate. And we've all gone through it and we go through it, but you have to do something prior to because you will lose the sale without question. You'll lose the sale and then you can't analyze it because you have no idea what the heck you did. So um, I, I used to have a notebook and at the end of my appointment, I would go in my car and I'd write down what I liked, what I didn't like, what worked, what didn't work. Um, I used to do this with my kids when we looked at colleges. Right after we looked at a college, I'd make them sit down with their notebook and do the same thing, what they liked, what they didn't like. So you get to the next one and you forget that. So as a salesperson, if you don't do it right away, when you get to the next one, you're like, okay, so what happened? So I, I used to do it all the time and I would look and I would say, wow, this really worked. And that's how, is there anything else came about? Because it worked. And I thought, this is, I got exactly what I needed so I could support them in their decision. It wasn't my decision. It was their decision. That's the other part of it. It has to be something that you can, you know, help them, support them. But if it's not right, you need to walk away. You never do something that isn't the best for your client. And that's the other piece that salespeople sometimes don't get. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to touch on that in the next episode. And I'm so grateful that we do have another one. Okay, right. great. For right now, I would love to come back to that um, commission breath, as you call it. I <laughs> 
neediness, like the energy of neediness, like being mm-hmm. desperate for the sale. Because I, I think we, we've all been there. I for sure have been there. And mm-hmm. if you can't turn it around, it will repel people because they will, they will as you said, they smell it um, yeah. from a mile away. <laughs> so what, what can you do like if you're really desperate? Let's say you're building your company and nothing works at the moment. And maybe it hasn't worked for months and months and you know, you're already maxed your credit card. What could you do to, to raise your energy and to really come back in that, to that place where you are empowered and where you can show up as a leader and as a confident or most confident version of yourself as you would show up if everything works out beautifully? So one of the things is you can't do this by yourself. You cannot. So if you don't have somebody that you, you report to or, or somebody that you trust, find someone you know, invest in a coach because a coach is going to be more objective for you and to you. So that would be the first thing. And I remember, you know, in the beginning, I didn't have money for a coach, but I, I did find money for a coach because I needed somebody that was not going to let me sabotage myself. Mm. The other thing is most of us have some really good clients could be, you know, or even if you're just starting your business, somebody that has said something great about you and your company. I ask people, if they don't automatically give me a testimonial or, or anything, I will ask them, would you mind, you know, shooting a little video for me or whatever? And what I do, it's not that I'm putting it out everywhere. I have a folder. So when those days come where I am so upset because nothing's going right or I can't pay my bills or whatever it is, I will go into my folder. I'll watch the videos. I'll, I'll read what people have written about me. And then I say, this is why I do it. And then I start all over again, because I mean, if you don't, again, if you don't have a coach, I would find one, but sometimes all you need is something to spark the interest again and to figure out your why, you know, what was your why in the beginning? You should always have that somewhere where you can read it or whatever. Um, And so that will bring it back again. And um, it's amazing how, how quickly it'll turn either way. If you don't have success, I mean, again, let's go back to the insurance industry. If you don't have success almost immediately, you're out the door. You just can't do this. It's too hard. I don't like it. It's boring. It's this. It's that. I can't make any money. You're gone. If you don't have somebody to coach you along the way. Um, So in any industry, when you're desperate, people know it. I have heard people come in, go into appointments and say, you know, I just need one more sale and then I will, you know, win this contest. I'm, no way. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, right. I'm like, who cares if you need one more sale? You know, yeah. I've also walked away from sales. I will say to them, you know what, what you have is better than what I have. You should stay there. And they'll say to me, didn't you just lose commission? I'm like, yeah, but that's okay because you need to be where you are. And then I would get tons of referrals because I did the right thing. Yeah. So don't just, when you're desperate, think of ways to get around it. Go back to your why, go back to somebody that can give you some reason of, you know, that you've done something great for them or get yourself a coach, a mentor, get somebody that can just say, you're good. This is what's going on. And, and here's the other piece. And then I'll stop talking for a minute. Here's the other piece. Sometimes it's one word that you say that triggers them not to buy. I had a, I had an agent and she would call me from every appointment. And this was the conversation. Hi, Judy, it's Nikki. How are you? I'm with, I'm, I'm visiting Christine right now. And I would say to her, don't say visiting. 
you're not visiting. You have an appointment with Christine. Because when you say visiting, oh, she's my friend, she'll come back, doesn't matter, I don't really need to buy from her, I could find, whatever. Well, it took her almost a month to stop, say, visiting. And when she did, all of a sudden, people took her seriously. They're like, okay, so let's get down to business. So sometimes somebody can hear it and say to you, don't say it like this, say it like this. Change your words, change your mindset, change whatever you need to change. And it's amazing, but you can't see it yourself. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so powerful. You know, I had clients going from one, after one conversation, really understanding their value from charging 350 to over $2,000 for the same thing, but they yeah. had the confidence. They knew they even bring more value. They were kind of re, the entitled might not be the right word, but they, they really could own that kind of money because they delivered so much more, but they also had the confidence to ask for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I also teach my clients to have this awesomeness folder <laughs> where they put like the videos, every yeah. little, little snippet where somebody says something nice because we all have these days where we don't feel like it or maybe we even feel like giving up or it's just too difficult or what, whatever else has happened so that it kind of takes away that spark. And if you don't reignite that spark, well, then, you know, life is not that much fun. It's a spiral going down. That's yeah. what happens. And then you're done. You're thinking, okay, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And the beauty in sales is that you can turn it around each and every moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? The next call, someone could say yes to you. And when I understood that, that was really when sales was even more attractive than before, because mm -hmm. you could change it like every day, every minute, like how many jobs are out there where you can't change anything while you can change a job. But with being in sales, you can change in every single conversation. Because everyone is different. Yeah. Every single thing is different. Even when it's the same type of person, it's, just, it's the same kind of family, it's in the same neighborhood. It, one could be amazing and one they could have had the biggest fight right before you got there and they weren't doing anything. And you don't know that. You don't know that. You just take it personally. Oh, it was me. Oh, it was me. No. Yeah, it's not. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Judy. I'm so excited for our next conversation. Um, but I do want to send people to the amazing gift you're giving us. And it's a mini guide, but that mini guide is pretty powerful. So uh, tell, us, tell us about it. So the mini guide is called Skirting the Issues. My company is selling in a skirt. So everything has to do with a skirt. And trust me when I tell you, it is not only for women. It's an acronym. It's standing out, keys to success, inspiration, results oriented, and time management. And this mini guide gives you um, different kinds of ideas and experiences of where you're, you know, how to sell to women, how to work with women, how to sell to men. So it, it's kind of like, um, a, a, like a, a mini version of everything that we do. And it's stuff that you can implement today, which is also the best part. So you can do things and you say, oh, I can do that today. You don't change everything. You change one thing and you just work with that. Um, you can get it at www.sellinginaskirt.com forward slash special dash offer. That's awesome. what it is. Yeah. And obviously it's going to be in the show notes as well, as well as all the links to connect with you, because I really want for you, beautiful listener, connect with Judy. You will mm -hmm. love her work. You will get so much value out of all the content she puts out. And if you have a chance to work with her, go for it. Like that's, gonna, that's going to make the difference. So thank you so, so much. I'm really looking forward to our next conversation and uh, yeah, have a wonderful day. You too.
Well, there were so many golden nuggets in this episode. I am so excited and I hope you caught them all. So before you go into your next sales conversation, make sure you practice your price in case you are not 100% confident. And in case you are, well, maybe it is time to think about repricing or charging a higher rate because you might still be undervaluing your services. And then obviously you have to practice again to make it easy to not stammer on your words when you actually say what you're offering and to just have a conversation that is in flow and that feels natural. Also, I love Judy's advice that she always sat down and took notes after each and every single conversation to really understand what has worked, what hasn't worked, what has worked really, really well, what could she repeat in other conversations. And I just want to invite you to do the same. Get yourself a little notebook and really start being mindful what you are saying in the conversations and how you can create a bigger impact with your potential clients. Thank you so much for listening today. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab and the show notes, as well as the resources we are sharing in this episode. And all the links to Judy are just one click away at christineschlonsky.com forward slash podcast. I'm really excited about the upcoming conversation I have with Judy, where we basically talk about that you don't even need to sell anything while growing your business. So if you want to know how that works, make sure you tune into episode number 256. And so you do not miss a single thing on Hard Sales Podcast. Once you're over at christineschlonsky.com, sign up for the empowerment notes where you get updates on Hard Sales Podcast, as well as amazing tips, ideas, other resources I'm sharing with my tribe. And usually I do not share that on social media. So you really want to be in that community of hard sellers or the hard sells community. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com and get your empowerment notes. Thank you so much for having been here. Have an amazing day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Oh,